that's okay. Late in the evening when I start to play. My door key hits that lock again. Craft Beer Radio, episode 444, on November 23rd, 2017. Welcome everybody to Craft Beer Radio, our 444th episode. And with us is Shane. Hey Shane. Hi. How you doing? Alright. Cool. Good to have you. He's been on the show a couple times. I think we're a little disputed on how many times he's been on the show. Two or three times. It's somewhere in the notes. Um, We have uh, a couple beers that were sent to us and some beers that you picked up. Yes sir. So where should we start? Let's start with the beer that does no gluten in it. Okay. You know, Gluten-free. So uh, it's a Pittsburgh brew. we got Orox Brewing Company. This is Orox Session IPA. Um, it is brewed with millet and quinoa. So instead of using barley, right, they're going to use millet and quinoa. Millet and quinoa. And, and do those things naturally ferment? Or are they adding some sort of chemical to cause them to ferment? Well, they should naturally enzymatically ferment or de- decompose and, and, and become sh- and, and uh, malt, and therefore you can then use it. I don't know. They may be using something to, to enrich yeah, the malt. It, it's the... Uh... It's not the fermenting part; it's the making the sugars part, right? So you got to take the starches that are in the grains and get them released out of their, you know, tight starch lattice into sugars. So malting and mashing are the two processes to get the grains into mm-hmm. beery deliciousness. And uh, so remember, starches are just long chains of sugars, and we just we we can't taste them as sugars because they're so super long; our tongue doesn't recognize them. I see. Um, and the same way with, with like yeast and stuff and these bugs that, that ferment, they eat sugars, but they're not you know so good at eating starches. So what is usually happens with with things like barley is there are a couple processes that allow either the enzymes in the barley or you can do some other stuff to turn those starches into sugar that is usable by the yeast. So if you want to make beer with something other than barley, you need to have grains that can be suitably converted into sugar right via some method um as an example sake is a beer it's fermented like a beer right. they use a um uh, a mold i think to to turn the rice to, yeah. to get the rice to to produce enough sugar yeah some kind of mold culture to work on the rice and then after that i believe it's fermented with yeast so mm-hmm. same same yeast service so they call this uh, hop-driven brew with millet and quinoa, 4.5% alcohol, 4.59% alcohol volume, 47 IBU. The hops are Cascade, Centennial, and Amarillo, kind of classic phase two. Yep, this thing pours a uh, light gold. It's pretty hazy. Head kind of fell away pretty quickly. You need gluten to make a good head, man. <laughs> Yeah, gluten is um, structural, mm-hmm. a structural protein, so it, it does actually help maintain head. It's very fruity. It smells very fruity. It smells fruitier than it tastes. Definitely has a lot of orange, right, coming out of it, a little, little bit of grapefruit, a lot of orange. Yeah, the hop was hitting me strong, like, right when I opened the bottle. It seems like it's... I feel like I'm smelling quinoa. I feel like I'm smelling 
kind of you know when you're cooking quinoa I like the this, this reminds me of that old red bridge because it, it's just there's something about it that's like off there's like but it's not often like a buckwheat way where I kind of dig it it's yeah. often like a I actually really like it oh okay yeah. <laughs> well hey whatever is, is whatever thought you're about it's interesting it's definitely interesting but there's... it has a bit of like um, sprouts or something like yeah. that yeah that's a good call uh, I like sprouts as a descriptor. Um, oh yeah! Mm, now yeah, that you say and, that, yeah, an, an earthy that. kind of mushroomy yeah. thing going on. They're like an oyster mushroom. That's why I like it. Yeah, to me, the quinoa is coming through like really, like mm-hmm. just like unadulterated quinoa type flavor. Yes, in the beer, but it's very, it's very th- like a, a crisp, thin mouthfeel for the. For as heavy as it is, it comes mm-hmm. off, and how bitter it is with how much hops is in it. This is the Aurochs Brewing Company Session IPA. Session IPA. I would be remiss if I didn't mention this at least, which is that the science behind gluten-free stuff is, if you are not a sufferer of celiac disease, is kind of, um, shall we say, iffy. Oh, that's that's charitable. Very charitable. Uh but if you like the flavor of quinoa or something like that. I actually don't generally like quinoa. I will eat it. Mm-hmm. But I really like this. Oh, cool. I, I think the, the, the hopping they did is nice. It's it's um, suitable. Mm-hmm. It fits. It, you know, it's a standard kind of um, face to it. Hopping reminds me a little headhunter, actually, in terms of the the flavors that are coming out of it a bit. A little bit. It, it's not nearly as it's saturated, right. yeah, yeah, as Headhunter is. But yeah, I, I get what you're saying a little bit there. But yeah, that that um, that grain just. It, I think it would be fine if I wasn't like analyzing it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like if I had this, you know, at a bar. I really like I really like the thinner mouth feel that you get without the. I, I don't know if that's because it's quinoa, but it's um, it's it's. If I was thirsty, I would like to drink this. If I was eating like something salty, it reminds me a bit of like a buckwheat tea. Yeah, yes, it does, which I like. Mm-hmm. Me too, but yeah. but buckwheat has doesn't have the doesn't have the mushroomy thing. It's more no. of a woody mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, I think this is decent, I, and I definitely think if we weren't. You find this all the time, Shane, is when we're sitting here at this table analyzing these beers, we're pretty picky, you know? And there's is, ta- yeah. there's cases where we'll be, you know, like some of these big bottles we'll recap and I'll drink later in the week and I'll have it later in the week. And I'm like, huh, that was pretty good. Why was I shitting on it <laughs> <laughs> during the show? Well, you know, when you're under the microscope, that's when... This is also just very close to the kind of beer that I like. Generally speaking, mm-hmm. as I went through my sample, I got accustomed to the the quinoa flavor, and I was not. It wasn't like the spotlight was shined on it right. anymore, and I got used to it. And I was noticing more of the hops. It was a pretty bright orange, um, a little bit orange juice, a little bit orange candy um, somewhere in there, but but had a good flavor to it. I, I know it's a session IP. I would like a little bit more bitterness on this to kind. I think right. that I think I, that might have yeah. hide might hide some of that non barley type character that we were getting in there but maybe 
Overall, I think it's pretty good. It's I better would... than most gluten-free beers. Uh, you mentioned Redbridge early on. That's that's an interesting one. That's probably one of my favorite gluten-free beers, and it's one Anheuser Busch makes. You know, I've never had a gluten-free beer before tonight. So. I wonder if this is just the the um, the the fact that it the, the grains are what they are. I wish the yeast was doing a little bit something a little bit more. Wish it was a little bit more kind of. Something estery or something coming out of it, and I'm not getting much in, in that way. So I, th- I think that's why I liked it, is because it didn't have that. <laughs> no, but it, like when you're thir- when I'm thirsty, that I, I prefer that sort of cleaner taste. That, I can see that. Yeah, I, I think if you're drinking this and not really thinking about it, I think it yeah. would it would pass as a beer, and it would be. Fine. We should also point out that we also drink these generally at warmer temperatures than most yeah. people do. I would drink this beer in the summer. Okay, Outside, well, it's, bar, I don't know whether you can get it in Connecticut, but you can look for it. It's not something I would drink this season normally. Hmm. What are you looking at? You're looking at the Saison? America. America. Looking at America. It's from Prairie Artisan Ales. This is a uh, American farmhouse Saison. So, let's see. America, with, a, with an apostrophe in front of it. Uh, single malt, single hot farmhouse ale. Uh, floor malted Pilsner, three pounds per barrel of Nelson Savine hops. Ooh. Nelson Savine is, is a hop that has, has a vinous kind of grape-like quality. It uh, okay. can sometimes come off kind of wine-like. I'm sorry, what kind of hop did you say it was? Nelson Savine. S-A-U-V-I-N. It's conditioned with two Brett strains and wine yeast. So I expect this to... Wow, this should be interesting. It smells like wine. But you will be hard pressed to find a wine that has that uses bretomoniaceae as the uh, fermenting. Yeah, yeast. Brett I'm not going to try. <laughs> Brett is Brett's a different species of yeast, where you know yeast has many different strains, Whoa. but Brett's one of the different species, and it is it kind of came from vineyards. But it was like the scourge of the vineyard. Mm-hmm. Like no one likes Brett. Is that right? So, like not in the wine industry. It's awful. No, like no wine wants Brett. But in beer, so I haven't tasted it yet, but in Brett, wow. what you can get oftentimes is kind of like a leatheriness to it, uh, sometimes a little bit of a funk, but a little see. bit. It's, I've never had anything like that, actually. All right, so the aroma on this Oh, part, that's good. Yeah, it's really good. Mm-hmm. So it has kind of a, a straw-like aroma with a little bit of a vinous quality to it, but it's kind of straw is what I'm getting mostly. A little bit of Pilsner malt. Yeah, there's, there's, you can definitely smell the Brett on the mm-hmm. nose. It's coming across. It's not coming across with any of the easy descriptors I normally use. I'll, yeah. I'll call this one a bit of a washed rind or something yes, like that. Yes, yes. I, I think that fits. Like, um, I think a camembert or something like that, maybe. The rind of the camembert. Yeah, I would eat some of that. So the standard yeast is Saccharomyces cerevisiae. That's the standard yeast that's used for brewing, uh, unless it's a unless it's a um, lager, in which case the Saccharomyces pistorius, slightly different uh, strain. But this is yeah, bread of anias. is an entirely different strain or species of yeast. Huge, huge carbonation on the on the mouthfeel here. Just zingy. Really fruity, like uh, yeah, uh, 
A little bit of blueberry. Mm-hmm. It, a little it, bit of... It's, it's not going for a lot of funk. It's going for more of a... Um, more rindy, I, I think. Mm-hmm. More of that sort of rind quality. Uh, slight bits of mineraliness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I taste a lot of grape, apple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. yep. Absolutely. That's probably the hops. That yeah. says Nelson Southern hops. Yeah, the Nelson Southern will give you. Kind of like grape, but yeah, there's kind of like a. I'm getting like green grape skins. I'm getting yeah. like a bit of green apple. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's pretty good. It's real good. Yeah, it's it's really good. Can I see the bottle? Yeah, sure. Don't agitate it too much. There's still some in there. We don't okay. want to get it too all the yeast at the bottom to yeah. stir it up. So this is apparently a Thanksgiving beer. So, and it good, is Thanksgiving good today. Day to drink it then. Farmhouse ale. I have tried several farmhouse ales since I have been back in the United States, and I have not liked a single one of them. This one, and now, is really good. Yeah, this is this there, is there's a, very a, there's a wide well. Farmhouse isn't like one I thing call it specifically. It, like you know, if you're talking about like an Oktoberfest or a Kolsch, right? It's a pretty narrow window of what you expect when you get one of those. Uh, a farmhouse is wider, but I mean, generally it's going to be blonde and golden. You're going to get something that's a little bit rustic. You're going to get either like straw or barn or leathery or, uh, you know, a little bit wa- cheesy or something like that. Those are the kind of flavors you should expect from a farmhouse. Dusty. <laughs> this is dusty, huh? Dusty. Maybe not as dusty quality. as some other ones, but. No, you know. Yeah, I mean, like. Uh, Coil rope was a descriptor I've used once. Um, you, hear, you hear stuff like horse blanket occasionally. Hmm. Um, old blanket, fence. Huh? Old fence, huh? Yeah. You know, those kind of like bring you back into like thinking this, about this, The thing that's neat about, the thing that's engaging me with this one, it's it's a bit fleeting, but every time you get a sip it comes back. And that is like that bright fruit, like, you know, cantaloupe, mm. uh, a bit of a lemon uh, the blueberry I mentioned earlier, yeah. you know, but it's, it, you get it, it's, it's different than a lot of the farmhouses. You get this bright fruity fruit cocktail thing and then it kind of goes away into the little bit more rustic. Yeah. It kind of, it, it, it strikes out with an immediate bread then the fruit comes in almost right afterwards and really dominates the flavor for a while. And then it sort of lets the, the breadiness come through at the end too. It's mm-hmm. really good. Very good this is stuff. America from Prairie. America. America. Nelson Savon Hops. All right. What do you want to go to next? You want to go to the uh, this one? Hmm. Or this uh, one? The taste is changing as I get to the bottom of the glass. It's getting kind of white, like white pepper, peppery. Yep. I agree. It was uh, so that, that's probably from the yeast. That's phenols. Yeah. Where to go next? Well, we have a white IPA. We have a dry hopped ale. We have a dry hopped golden sour. <laughs> let's save this one. Let's get let's and do the white IPA. We have, first. I think, a double IPA. Yeah. Yeah. So. <clears throat> 
So, well, this is another Brett beer, so I think this will be good to compare okay. to, especially for Shane. So, um, picked this up at Giant Eagle yesterday as well. We have uh, Anchorage Brewing Company's Galaxy White IPA, bottled with Brett. Brewed with spices. So, when I hear Galaxy, I'm like, I'm thinking, probably got Galaxy hops. Probably, maybe. Uh, 7% IBU. 7%. <laughs> 7% IBU, that would be interesting. 7% alcohol by volume, 50 IBU. Um, That's a lot here. Yeah, I mean, this thing seems like it's a little bit of everything reading from the label, right? White IPA, which means it's a IPA that has wheat, like American right. wheat or something. Right. And then it has Brett in it, which is that yeast we were talking about right. for the last beer. But then it's fermented and uh, aged in French oak fooders, and it's brewed with spices. And the spices That's are wild. Indian coriander and black peppercorns. And get this, there's an addition of fresh kumquats. Oh, of course. <laughs> you got to put those kumquats in your white IPA I, I was really with bread in fooders and white peppercorns. So wait, you can buy beer at Giant Eagle now? I thought that oh, was yeah. a state law that you couldn't sell. Oh, it's been a while since you've right. been to... Yeah. Things have changed. Well, I mean, not... Things haven't quite got sane, but they figured out how yeah. to make things a Beer little more. Beer distributors can sell six packs. Uh, no way. Yeah. So I can just buy, you know, one day's worth of beer now. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Can, See, that's really important for an alcoholic like me because <laughs> if you can buy only buy a case, then you're going to drink a case, and that's not good. <laughs> at like Giant Eagle or other places, you can get beer up until 10 p.m. and at some grocery stores up until 2 a.m. See, or oh. some uh, some not grocery stores like get goes and things like that. I see. Okay. Okay, so this is a it's, this this. Comes across as very interesting. The Whoa. color of this is a pale straw. I smell urine. <laughs> <laughs> we call that doored. Cat pee. But it's not cat pee, it's more of a urine smell. Yeah, we call that doored. Doored, okay. What, why, why? What is doored? <laughs> it's, it's, it's just so we don't have to say cat pee. <laughs> see and what does door to mean it's our own well technically uh so there's a whole story behind it uh it used to be a word in the oxford english dictionary and they realized it was a mistake and they took it out because, <laughs> are you serious yes really <laughs> because it, the the word was it was capital d or lowercase d density and then somebody thought it wasn't a word doored and kept it in there but it was really supposed to be d or d no kidding. Yeah. So when I learned about wow, that, I said... Wow, this, this was a really interesting conversational gem right there. So okay. when I learned about that, which I think it was an episode of QI, I uh, said, okay, well, let's, let's use Dord as that descriptor. It, it kind of sounds like it. I, I'm not denying that. I, I, <laughs> I love it. It's um, you, You've christened a new word. Or repurpose an old one, however you want to look at it. <laughs> exactly. This is language lives on craft beer radio. I, I don't. This is kind of. I don't insane. smell door. I smell the kumquats. Mm-hmm. I think I, now I, that I've tasted, I don't smell it anymore. I'm it's not been sure, a while since I've had sure, kumquats. I'm not sure what I smell. Really, it's it's. There's a lot going on. There's 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 this 
you know, kind of fruity tropical thing happening, which is yeah. a, a little, a little papaya. Yeah, papaya. That's what I was gonna say. And a little guava esque. Yeah. And there's a little bit of spiciness, like a little peppercorn thing that I'm getting. Uh, I'm not really getting coriander immediately, but there's a wheat. You know, definitely sort of a tangy wheatness. And it's just aroma so far. Yeah. I went on to the sip. The first sip, for me, was dominated by the, the peppercorns and the spiciness. Mm. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it's there at the beginning where it's a little more floral and fruity pepper. But then it gets into the digging into your tongue spicy pepper towards the middle. Yeah, it's it's it smells really fruity and papaya and guava. And then when you drink it, it the, the pepper just comes right to the front. And you don't even catch the fruit the way you do when you smell it. Mm-hmm. Getting a little, it's there. Like, it's just under. Yeah, yeah. It just it, it's it's far less pronounced mm-hmm, than I mm-hmm. expected based on the smell. Which is, I think, correct. I think that if, if it were fruit forward, it might get overwhelming. the The use of spice, or at least in those first two sips, has been actually. Um, I don't know whether it's 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 the best use, but it has restrained what. Feels to me like a, a fruit flavor that could kind of get out of hand, but it is a little overboard on the pepperiness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can't taste. The, I can't taste the uh, other things that I would like to taste because of the pepperiness. Towards the end, I'm getting a really big pithiness. You know, like you're like a, you know orange pith or something like that. Like you, you know, you peel off an orange, but you don't remove all the pith, and you're you know eating the outside of the orange. I think that's the bread. Yeah, could be. I think that's the Brett kind of giving you a little bit more that kind of yeah. grindy thing happening. Wow, it, t- it took a while to sink in. My, my brain is turned on, and but it took a while. But after you said that, I tasted exactly what you said. So we aim for yeah. <laughs> well, you know, part it's of, really amazing of, when you actually drink the beer that you guys talk yeah, about. Probably it's a big, really different than just listening. <laughs> <laughs> a big part of it is is probably suggestion, though. I mean, I mean, yes. I, I'd sure, like to th- I'd sure, like to think yeah. we're we're pretty good at what we could, yeah, pulling flavors out. But you know, I'm sure we're suggesting things. No, to but you as now well. like that's all I can taste, and I because mm-hmm. I haven't taken a sip since, and that's the taste that sort of mm-hmm. lingers at the end. I had a beer. Went out with some friends last night and had a beer. And it was on the menu as a vice beer. And what we got, the the guy who ordered is like, this beer smells like nachos. I can't figure it out. And I tasted it, and I thought it tasted like cocoa or vanilla. Wow. You know what it was? It was a peanut butter imperial Hefeweizen. Oh god! It, had, it was the horrible. peanut butter powder flavor. You know how that peanut butter powder tastes different than peanut butter. Yep, for and, sure. And so the peanut butter powder was playing with some of the esters, kind of the banana vanilla vanilla type flavors in the Hefeweizen. And um, to get to nachos, though, that's there was like a, a salt, like a, think peanuts, salty, yeah, kind yeah. of okay. like that okay. avenue got him yeah. the nachos. I think. Yeah, and if, if it's especially if it's like cheap nachos with a cheap like. Easy it cheese or something like terrible. that. Yeah, bad nachos, but no. But I mean, the whole beer, the whole like, concept. For yeah, that beer we entirely just sounds <laughs> sent the beer horrible. Sent the beer back. Like, <laughs> like pumpkin beer, peanut butter beer is one of those things that just doesn't. They, work. they need to put it yeah. on the menu, you know, under experimental and mention that there's peanut butter. 
And, you know, it's a place that sells the tiny little short pours. And, like, that's the beer to be, like, short pours only because no one's going to want more than four <laughs> ounces of that thing. It's just, I, don't, I wouldn't want four ounces of it. Uh, I'd th- take a sip of it to be adventurous. This is, I mean, this is kind of interesting, this Anchorage, but it, it pales in comparison to America, which was really, really mm-hmm. good and had, like, lots of I agree. stuff going for it. I agree. Yeah, the reason I, met, the reason I brought that up, though, is it was a great case where we were blind tasting this beer. And we're like... Like, I was thinking, this almost tastes like a Hefeweizen where a chocolate beer just came off the tap line before it, you oh, know? God. that's That was, like, my best guess. It's just, like, the, my two worst nightmares mixed into one. <laughs> <laughs> I, gen- I generally cannot do just a straight Hefeweizen. I, I don't, I don't okay. like it very well. Interesting. All that gluten, I'm sure. Yeah. It's, it's the gluten, definitely, yeah. More gluten and wheat. Them, for sure. Okay. I say we do this one. Okay. So this was uh, sent to us by the brewery. The brewery. From the brewery. <laughs> Patrick Ruse, the brewery. This is, which, you know, famous for their big beer and stuff like that, but this is an IPA. Oh, my God. Hazy AF. <laughs> Uh, which I can't even find any information about, uh, so it, it, it must be real new. I think they so, just can these. So this is, uh, this looks like, ooh, looks like a oh. <laughs> Sorry, just let me... Yes. Yes. Come to me. Come to Butthead. Yeah, so this is, uh, looks like a Northeast IPA, which I don't know if you've... you've That's my just... favorite. And can, no, so... If if you don't mind, please explain to me what is a Northeast IPA as opposed to a West Coast IPA. I can generally tell when I drink yes. one that there's a difference, but what's the scientific difference? The, the, scientific... Uh, the scientific difference is hazy AF. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was hoping it was because that's how I can tell. Yeah, the the, the, the difference is uh, a, a difference in terms of, of malts that are used. Oats oh. are added to it. Uh, there is a difference in, uh, I think there is some difference in yeast that's used, like a different style of yeast than the, than the standard, uh, stuff in the, in the West coast ones. Um, this is like, I mean, well, we haven't tasted this beer yet. We don't know if this is going to come across like a Northeast style IPA, yeah, it's but, most... but what a Northeast IPA, it, it's, it's raging right now. Like everyone right. is jonesing for it. And it, it's very interesting, right? Because breweries are making it. It's flying off the shelves, and like half the beer writers and half the beer industry like think it's this fad or it's right. a shitty beer. And I kind of like it. I think it's good. We love it. We yeah, are we are obsessed with it now. It, um, it, it, it's 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 kind of it's kind of chic to hate it for some people, I and see. then other people love it. So I I generally <laughs> like IPAs, and but I can't sit down and drink like. Uh, one you know West Coast IPA after another. After mm-hmm. two or three of them, you're kind of like, okay, I'm done. Typically, another thing, uh, with and this, also they're not going to taste very bitter. They're not going to yeah, come across right, bitter. Right, yeah, no, Typically, sort of the Northeast IPAs use hops that are not as apparently bitter, and they use hops that have more right. uh, fruity and tropical qualities to yeah. them. And or don't use them in a method that'll right. extract bitterness. Tons of bitterness. I generally find them to be my my favorites. It's and they tend to be very it's, smooth. This and has so much fruit. pineapple and mango coming out of it. Yeah. That just smells like mango. I would tell you this is mango juice if you just put it in front of me. <laughs> Which JC thinks is there's, there's almost certainly a whole bunch of mosaic hops in here. Friendsgiving. 
Femilru. Oh, this is interesting. Whoa. This is this is Offshoot Beer Company. Right, but it, yeah, yeah, so it's so they kind of do it in a different. Wow. Uh, brewed and canned by Offshoot, so it's a it's a it's a it's a you know Patrick Rue company, but different from the brewery. Okay, definitely mosaic in here and Galaxy and Motueka. Which is a very interesting New Zealand hop that can, in the right circumstance, give off like vanilla flavors, uh, and might be what I'm tasting here. And also a hop called cashmere, which I think we've had before, mm-hmm. but I don't remember much about it. Uh, Pilsen and two row malt, unmalted wheat and oats. As soon as you said offshoot, and I was able to find okay. it. There it is. Yeah. So the aroma on this, like you guys were saying, big mango, pineapple juice. Kind of, kind of it. Kind of what you're smelling. Eight point one percent. Oh gosh. Ooh, okay. that's good. It's really good. Yeah. <laughs> oh wow, I love a good any IPA, and this is. So this is interesting, good. right? Because it has that creaminess of the Northeast style IPA, but then it has that big Phase Three hopping, right? And not like think of Lou and some of the really good ones from the Brew Gentleman. They kind of are more creamsicle, and the creaminess kind of runs through, yeah. and they really don't dive into tropicals. This one kind of dives into tropicals, too, so it's kind of a, a bridge. It has a neat two things going on. So, I'm sorry, if you don't mind me asking to, you to elaborate on that. So, there's cream, creamy sort of uh, non-tropical fruit types of East-style IPAs? Yeah, I mean, they tend to be I, we've, we've had... I've had a Northeast IPA that was more Amarillo hops and stuff like that. I mean, mm-hmm. you can do that. It it doesn't. Um, it's not my favorite. I like them when it's more like a tropical or fruit juice. I think we just invented uh, subcategories for Northeast style IPA now. <laughs> well, we 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 invent <laughs> categories all the time. So that's you know, this phase is, one, phase two, etc. I'm getting gravy. It's just and not not so much like meat gravy, but it's like that that full it's of umami. The, Oh, the umami. That's it's, interesting. It's, there's such a... a the mouthfeel is... A dense, is the so, mouthfeel yeah. and, the, and, the, and the umami from the beer. It's, mm-hmm. I, I almost feel like I'm drinking soup, but like in a good way. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's kind of a broth thing going yeah. on in the mouthfeel, right? I mean, yeah. All, this, whole, this whole side shoot of this conversation, people are going to be like, what? Really? It tastes like chicken broth? No, it doesn't taste like chicken broth. No. It's reminiscent of... The mouthfeel is. The yeah. texture yeah. quality of it. Yeah. It, has a, it has a thickness to it. It has a viscosity. Yeah. That, um, that, that holds up in... The and that's kind, of, that's kind of a thing for Northeast style IPA. Because they generally put some oats in there. That'll give it a thicker body. Right. More viscosity. So, this is really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Um, and this is the local brewery here. No, 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 no. no, no. This this is from uh, Orange County, Placenta, Orange County, California, Placentia. So the Orange County, Orange County, California is making an East Coast style IPA. Yep, it's about where it was born. Is kind of yeah. So it's like cause, you know, there are East Coast breweries that make West Coast IPAs, right? And this is just a new the new style is just, this. Uh, Originated in Northeast or New England, and gotcha. Yeah, and it's taken over. And I say, I can good. see why. It's good. <laughs> Garrett Oliver disagrees. Garrett Oliver can disagree all he wants, <laughs> and is I'll it, listen to him, and mm-hmm. I will disagree with him. Who is Garrett Oliver? 
He is a brewer at uh, Brooklyn. He's that's funny. I drink a lot of his beer. He um, he's really visible in the, in the craft beer industry. Right. Okay. He's kind of one of the ambassadors of, I see. Yeah. of craft beer. You know, if you're if you're naming, you know, who's an ambassador? Yeah, I just said it. Who's an ambassador of craft beer? Who's a famous brewer? You know, Garrett Oliver is going to Sam Caggioni. Yeah, Garrett Oliver is going to talk. Garrett Oliver is in there. Yeah, be at the top of every list. So I see. And I mean, he makes great beer. They make IPAs. I yeah. mean, Plus, he has he has a whole dapper thing. He always dresses up in oh. in dapper clothes. Oh. He sounds like my kind of guy. He's a I good think, guy. He's a good dude. I like him. I, I I love Brooklyn Lager. I have to confess, I really do. I think it's a fad. He said these things come and go. I've seen a great many fads over my twenty eight years brewing. Three or four years ago, it was Black IPA. Not everyone everyone brewed one. Now it's hard to find one. Well, Black IPA was barely good. <laughs> I don't. What is that like a stout IPA? A, a black. It's just. I never had one. There well, are there are two versions of Black IPA. There's one that is simply using. Darker malts and just tastes like a regular. There, there's a kind of malt that just adds color and like not flavor or body. Oh. Uh, Stone did it first. Stone Stone did an anniversary. I think it was an anniversary beer. That it was Rafa, right? Or yeah, it was yeah. novel because look, it looks like a stout. It tastes like a West Coast IPA. That's neat. And then it went off from there. And yeah, there's ones that had they kind of blend the hop flavor and the roastiness and stuff like that, but. I mean, I don't know. Comparing this to Black IPA, that doesn't we, sound interesting to me. I'm sorry. We've had a few that, that are interesting, but we've the, had a few that seem like, oh, I get. I guess I see why the style exists. But I mean, with that's not the same this, conversation we have. I, yeah, I would replace a meal with this. Like, yeah, this there's, is, there's this is amazing. I mean, there have been very good examples of some trendy stuff like gozes and things like that that we've had, <laughs> but. There hasn't been a consistently delicious like version of beer that has come along like this. Mm-hmm. Like all, like I would say, more than half of the ones that we have are are good, which is mm-hmm. not the same as like a Goza or a Black IPA or something like that. Right. I I have only been able to find one that I can consistently buy in my area. So they're hard to find because they're not very shelf stable. They they don't last that long. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're up in Connecticut, though, you're you're a lot closer I should to be, right? places that make them. So I mean, yeah. maybe you just need to. I I can't tell you where to look, but no, I bet you if you sure. knew where to look, I'm sure you could. If you looked at best, like just Google best uh, beer. Uh, there's a brewery in Massachusetts. Best bottle called, shops. Right. There's a brewery in Massachusetts called Treehouse, and they're one of the guys that really launched this style. So, like, if you can go find Treehouse, you won't be disappointed. The up there, no matter where you go, gas stations even you can buy um, Two Roads Honey Spot IPA, which is mm-hmm. similar to that. Is okay. Have you had that? I uh, haven't had that one. Um, yeah, Two Roads is in Connecticut. So yeah, yeah, no, it's yeah. And then uh, it, it, they have a lot of capacity that they run out, so a lot of breweries. Will um, brew there either gypsy brewers, or um, or you know breweries that are contracting out. Oh, do you hear that? I do hear that. Ooh, what is that? It sounds like baby elephants walking. Holy shnikes! There's a hole in the ceiling after I pop that cork. Is that that sort of delirium tremens, like the pink elephant thing? No, it's the baby elephant walk from uh, Henry Mancini, but. 
It also is the sound that tells you about where to go when you want to shop. And the holiday shopping season has officially begun. That's right. Wait, so, we're all going to go shopping tomorrow, right? Yeah, and when you do go shopping tomorrow, or whenever you hear this, you go to craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. It brings you right to a website called Amazon.com. Called Amazon. Yeah. I know that company. And But here's the deal. Normally, 6% of that stuff, whatever you, whatever you pay, it goes to Jeff Bezos. But if you use craftyradio.com slash Amazon, 6% of what you buy goes to us. It doesn't cost anything you any more than it would otherwise. But we get it Sounds and help supporting the show. Get us good new microphones, get us new equipment, buy beers, all that kind of good stuff. Sounds good. So craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. Yeah, we encourage you to do all it. your holiday shopping. Start there. So we got a feedback from a listener the other day. We must have drank a beer. Oh yeah, we had a beer from Carton Brewing. Oh, it was good. It was real good. It the was one real we had from Carton. Yep. Yes. And uh, we saw that they had made the beer at Two Roads, so we must have conjectured that they were a gypsy brewer, but they are not. They have a brewery in New Jersey that they are expanding. And he says, great brewery. Two Roads. Two uh, Roads Carton. is Connecticut. Yeah. Carton. But, I mean, uh, two Roads is all I see everywhere I go because I live yeah, in Yeah, they're big. Yeah, they're big. Yeah. But uh, two, they also do contract brewers. I see. So it looks like Carton did that particular beer that we had, which was, I believe, a stout, and it was fantastic. Mm. Uh, was, was it their brewery? But right. the reason I think we may have said that because um, McKellar, right, does Evil a lot Twin. of two Evil, roads. Evil Twin. Evil Twin. Sorry, does a lot of. I mean, they're, they're the same guys. <laughs> they are friggin' twins. It's like John Oliver. Yeah. I think there's only one. <laughs> this smells like apple butter. This is the Parat Triple Hop Dry Hop Dale. So it's just like apple butter. It's not. Often that we uh, pull uh, imports anymore, but this one is Yield Parat. When I saw it was a triple hop, you know, variant, I thought it'd be worth trying for tonight. 10.5% ABV. So, the Parat is, well, it's a Belgian brew, and it uh, tends to not be, you know, it's not a hoppy one, uh, but this is... I guess their version of, of a hoppy one, triple hop. Um, Parat's one of the beers that Bien Steenberge makes. Which, yeah. you know, they make a whole plethora: Golden Drock and Bornum and yeah, Golden Drock is big, viscous barley. It's almost wine. like a Belgian barley wine. Yeah, Zotz Tetra and Aurora twice in the brew house, and then Cascade is used to dry hop. I don't even know Tetra and Aurora. No date on this bottle, so I don't know. Now the caramel is coming through. At, yeah, first, at first it was getting like, yeah. Yeah. I'm smelling more caramel now. and to- A little bit toasty, a little toffee-like. Yeah. Yeah, the apple butter call, though, you made. I mean, that's still in there, right? Yeah, there's, yeah, yeah. There's that. It, the apple also plays a little bit like dried apple rings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I wonder if there might be an issue, because <laughs> apple can, like, what is it, the, uh, what's the chemical that Ooh. causes apple? Acetylaldehyde. I just tasted it. 
I'm not smelling anything that's like green apple right, yeah, skins. Yeah. It's yeah. more like roast apple. So wow. that's not really what you get from a seed wild honey. It tastes like like a, a creamy apple soup almost. I make apple hmm. soup. Apple soup with a little... You boil some apples in butter mm-hmm. and then you mix it up with cream. It's very similar mm-hmm. to, yeah. to that. No, it definitely has... It yeah. has a bit of a cherryness to it, too. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, the combination of, like, butter and apples... Yeah, yeah. That, that's that's in here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not in a bad way. Not not in a bad, like, Aceliella had way. is very apparent. Yeah. Um, it, it, the, the, it, it adds the viscosity... It's a little burning on the uh, on the gums. Yeah, kind of a dessert sort of like that mm-hmm. you'd catch on fire if you mm. lit it with a match. Yep. Yeah, but uh, oh, do your bananas foster in this? <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. Because there's a little there's there's also a little like a brown sugar. Yeah. Oh, that's the, yeah. That's the mm-hmm. thing I was I smelled a little bit earlier and I couldn't remember what it was. Yeah, it was, it's very brown sugar. Yeah. I wish I knew how old this was. I, you figure it's got to be moderately old because the hops yes. are like not really standing out. But I think this is a beer that can survive. Well, that's that's why I bought yeah. it. Right. It was a uh, it's caged and corked, probably bottle conditioned. Almost certainly the way that cork popped, definitely bottle conditioned. Yes, for and, sure. Uh, so I figured this beer was alive and maintaining itself, and it's a good beer. But yeah, I. I there's nothing triple hoppy really about it. So you don't remember when you bought it? I, well, no, I no, bought no. it last night or two nights ago. He doesn't oh, know no, no, it, last when night. It was, when it was made. I see, I see. Here's the thing about uh, hoppy beers. Like, for example, the, uh, the the one we had before, the new, the Northeast IPA. Um, it was probably canned less than two weeks ago. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Hops fade on. quick, real right. quick. Right. Uh, so you, you want to get them as quickly as you can. Nice. And uh, a super hoppy beer won't stay super hoppy for very long. I see. I see. You know, uh, like a West Coast IPA, I won't buy it if it's two months old. Uh, I'll hesitate if it's a month old. If it doesn't have a date, I won't buy it. Yeah. You should start paying attention. When you get, when it, you can get them it, fresh, you will it's notice It's kind of hard. Like... When you're it in the store, it's always like this kid in the candy store thing. You're like, oh, I want the beer. And like, oh, you forget to check the date. And you get home and it's like six months old. You're like, son of a gun. Mm-hmm. The way I buy beer, it's generally not about the date. <laughs> That's why I stopped buying it. I understand, you know, I understand that. but it, it, and, and also, it's like, I had an interesting experience um, when we did the, the gaming marathon. I, I wasn't the first time I did this, but it was the first time I paid attention to it, which is I tried a cigar. Uh, uh, was, these guys had cigars, and, yeah. and I was like, "Don't give me like the best cigar you have, because because I'm not going to appreciate it. But give me something, and I'll try to see what I can do." And I didn't yeah. necessarily enjoy it, but it was like, "Okay, let's see what's here." I've let's, tried this several times. I yeah. want to like it, but it, I I I'm not a generally a fan of, of the experience. But there were some interesting flavors and stuff that yeah. were coming out of it. There yeah. was interesting stuff, but halfway through it got overbearing. And That's the thing. It's the, yeah. the, they're, even even when you get a small one, it's like, okay, definitely anything big, you get like you know, 10, 15, 20 drags into it, you know, two minutes into mm-hmm. it, and you're like, okay, that, that was great. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then it starts to overpower everything. Yeah. But, yeah. but what was interesting is that, that, that idea of 
if I don't know that much about something, then I'm not really going to taste the difference between the best thing and the not best mm-hmm. thing. If I don't know much about hoppy beers, it's, it's going to be hard for me to taste the difference between a super fresh one and a not fresh one. But if you do, if you are experienced enough and you've done it a lot, then you will notice a difference for sure. It'll be pretty apparent to you. Yeah, yeah. when you get things that are less than two weeks old, like they're just so alive and you get so much flavor out of it. And yeah, that, that one from offshoot brewing that just, it, it probably, probably five or six days old, you know, that's what it seemed like. I mean, I would say probably about two weeks, but based on what I was looking at. Hmm. So, I mean, who knows? I don't think there's a date on the can. I didn't see any date, but, uh, you know, as little as two weeks. I think is is like probably as, as far as you can go with something like this before it starts to lose some of its. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, it all makes perfect sense. Yeah. This pros pretty good. Yeah, I like it. It's an, it's a real good drinker. Uh, it it has uh, especially for the alcohol level. I mean, it, it was initially surprising me coming off of a of a, <laughs> of a really smooth Northeast right. IPA. It, it was a little bit of a. I wouldn't say harsh, but it was different. But this is still very smooth and very drinkable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it's kind of like uh, um, I want to say the the best thing I could, you know the best way I would call it is just a, a strong ale that's a slightly hoppy. It. I mean, it definitely has a Belgian character, too. Mm-hmm. We talked about all these fruity esters that are in there, right? Yes, the, yes. Those apples and those cherries and stuff, they aren't by accident. They're from the the, the yeast mm-hmm. fermentation. It, uh, it uh, It's definitely not a double strong. or yeah. a quad or anything. It, it reminds me, uh, yeah, Belgian strong. It reminds me a bit of Maudit. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. You know, so Maudit. Maudit's from um, Unibrew. Unibrew in uh, Canada. Quebec. Uh, this one is a lot more. Uh, I mean, this one's just super luscious, right? There's no like, there's no harsh mineraliness to this, which mm-hmm. you know a yeah. lot of those ones yeah. can have. Uh, I'm enjoying this quite a bit. Uh, you guys talked about how the alcohol is readily apparent when you first start tasting it. Uh, for me, the first couple of sips were well, the cork jumped out of the bottle, yeah. right? I mean, to me, it was super fizzy. I really never got a booziness or a burniness, and I still don't. I think it's. I, I think it's now. hiding the alcohol pretty well. I'm getting less of it now, and now it's. it's... I, it, it was it, it was very apparent to me the first few sips, but then it really went away quick. So, and also it could be a comparison to mm-hmm. to yeah. the NEFP, which really sure. hides all of that stuff. It, it it it's it's very much for me what I would drink for a dessert beer. What's your favorite IPA? Any IPA? Me personally? No, no. I'm just oh, saying any sorry, IPA. Yeah, yeah. Any oh yeah. any yeah. any one right. Bad joke. I like puns. Puns are good. Puns are good. Good humor. Lowest form of humor. No, they're not. Um, they're the best form of humor. They're conversational candy. <laughs> well, Shane's still working on that, so let's see if there's anything to chit-chat about before we open the last beer. Speaking of the last beer, you can hear me out? Well, you are up. There be whales here. <laughs> whales, bro. <laughs> uh, so, yes, I'm drinking slowly. Yeah, the this only, one. That's okay. You know, the only story I linked... Th- oh, did, we didn't talk about this um, fake McAllen thing last week, did we? 
Uh, no, we didn't. It, so didn't, it didn't appear on the air. All right, so this is interesting, right? We have uh, like a five-star hotel in Wales, I think it is, and uh, there was a rich Chinese writer. This guy got rich, I think, writing YA fiction in, in China or something like that. <laughs> um, but he saw this uh, antique bottle of Macallan on the shelf from 1878. That's, yeah. And he wanted to try it. The bottle had never been opened. And the hotel owner wasn't willing to sell, to open the bottle and sell the glass, the, the drink. Uh, but I guess she called her father who, you know, uh, had bought the bottle and, you know, she owns the hotel, but like handed down the hotel, right? And he's like, you, you should sell it. No one else is going to, you know, pay market for that. So the, the dude okay. paid $10,000 for a glass of this old ancient McCallum. So that that's a that's a lot of money to throw down on a on a glass. I mean, I, yes, I get it. It's a it's a hundred year old scotch, but uh, man, ten grand. I guess if you had that kind of money to throw away, hundred and forty years old. Yeah, okay. 10 grand. It, it turns out you have a lot of money to do that. So the guy posted on on like Chinese Instagram or something his experience. Of, Instagram. Just, <laughs> Uh, is that racist? No, just don't ever do yeah. that. <laughs> it's just Chinese. Just, no, just don't ever. No, no, never again. It's it's too. <laughs> it's, you put it. You, it's just never. too. Clo- it's too close to not being right. I guess. I guess so. It was not. I mean, it was not like intended to be. That I know. Way, but... I know. I know. It wasn't, and I, I'm going to give you a pass. But it's really close. <laughs> but to never being again. Bad. Yeah. And, well, as soon as it came out, I was like, ooh. No, no. no. It's 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 the kind of thing that we'll we'll let slide, but. Yeah, you're on notice. <laughs> but the the thing in 20 years it won't be acceptable. <laughs> yeah, we yeah, just found me that. That'll be that. All right. So, uh, um, you know, he posted these pictures, and like people were thinking, like stuff didn't line up. The label didn't look right, or something like that. So the hotel had the whiskey tested by kind of a company that does this for wine vintages. They use Radio, carbon radio dating and things like that, and they found out the the wine the whiskey was counterfeit. It came from the early seventies. <laughs> wow, man, that's a bummer. Uh, the hotel flew to China and gave the guy's money back because of this. I mean, this guy was he, he spent ten grand on something, right? Like, it, if it it's, was somebody who spent five hundred bucks on it, he wouldn't have gotten his money back. But because it was a dude who had to call but somebody also, to get, but I mean, like the five star hotel, like, you know, yeah, you know, yeah, but it's this whole concierge type thing yeah. the whole way around. But he spent ten grand on it. But they flew to where he what? Wait, what? A, a flight's going to be two he, two grand. He quickly flew to China to reimburse Zhang. See, you, you missed it because he thanked me very much that the hotel's honesty and his experience in Switzerland. Okay, so the hotel's in Switzerland, not in Wales. Uh, experience in Switzerland had been good. Borosconi told Atlas Obscura, so that's who brought the story. So it, it was a, it looked like a hundred plus year old bottle of scotch. It turned out to be fake. I see. He spent ten grand on it. The hotel found out it was fake, or, or he found out it was fake after he posted it to Nihongstagram. Just stop. Wow. Just stop. Wow. Okay. Dude, yeah. all those guys in Wow, they used to go Nihon, right? That, that's, uh, that's hello in in. No, dude. no, ni, Nihon. Oh, dude, Nihao is hello Nihao. in Nihao. Chinese. 
Okay, Nihon. Ni- Nihon is Japan in Japanese. Oh, okay. Oh. I meant Nihon. Nihon. Nihonstagram. So, Highstagram. Yeah. No. In Mandarin. Just man. You should probably. Instagram stop. Chinese version. <laughs> That's better. Yes, in the, in the Chinese version of Instagram. Um, that, that's what I said twenty minutes ago. Wasn't yes, it? we'll just we'll, we'll, we'll stick with that. All right, let's drink some more beer. Whoa, oh, why? gusher! Oh. Well, and that's okay. It's a sour. Gushers are okay for sours. Sometimes we'll see. Um, this is uh, sent to us from the Rare Barrel. This is Rare Barrels. Was it That Place Between is the name of the beer. It is a dry hop golden sour aged oak barrels with mosaic and motueka hops. 5.8% alcohol by vote. What, what, what number is this now? Four? This is six. six. Their last beer of the night. All right, beer pours like almost every other beer tonight, except for the Parade. It's a light gold, very hazy. Hmm. It smells very lemony and orange. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Does not smell off. Don't smell anything bad. A little oaky, a little bit. Yeah, I There's think, a lot to smell here, and I'm kind of enjoying just... Mm-hmm. Yeah. De, you know. It seems like Brett's another component in this. You know, it seems like it's very similar to the aromas yeah. we were getting out of... More like the Brett we were getting in the uh, Anchorage, Anchorage. But, but cleaner, more pronounced, not polluted with kumquats and white peppercorns <laughs> and, and everything else. They yeah. say fermented yeah, with yeah. a concoction of microorganisms, which makes me think, yeah, there's, there's bread in here. It's called a culture, man. It's called a culture. Oh, now I'm getting kind of. Uh... Yes, I heard that. <laughs> Excuse me, Thanksgiving come through. <laughs> yeah, the lemony is coming through. It's. Uh... Well, that's nice. It has a neat balance and a neat nuance to the aroma. Yeah. I haven't tasted it yet. I'm still just. Bathing in the aroma. There's a lot of really great aroma stuff, but as Wicked Weed taught us, aroma does can be <laughs> <laughs> fleeting. I thought this one was interesting, right? Because you know, like rare, the Rare Barrel, um, they're in Berkeley, California. Mm-hmm. I've only had their beers out of GABF, and they were like the place where, like, when we got in early for the VIP, you know, like the the, the media thing, right? All the people who got in early were lining up at right. a few places, and the Rare Barrel was one of them. So, you know, super rock star, super occult brewery. The stuff I had from them, you know, I remember having something that was a, more of a Flanders type, Flandersy type beer, you know, uh, but it was good. When I saw that this one, they sent us a couple others, but when I saw this one with the mosaic and the motueka, I just thought, you know, I really want to see how that plays. Yes, with. definitely. Because, oh, and the one thing I want to mention is they, the label it says the rare barrel it says a sour beer company 
is kind of their like slogan. Right. So, so it's like Jolly Pumpkin, something like that. They, that's what they do. They they mm-hmm. make these sour beers. Now they may have, I don't know, but like like Jolly Pumpkin has their for their non sour <laughs> brewery that's not Jolly Pumpkin. They may have. Like they may, uh, you know, they're still a relatively new brewery. They're, I would, I'd say, they're less than five years old. But the, you know, they're probably just doing this still. Lemony tart sour, um, decent, not super complex, but with a bit of complexity. Uh, a little, uh, def- a little um, barnyardy, a mm-hmm. bit. But I'm not going off in you know fireworks blow. It, it's it's interesting and there's okay. The, the secondary stuff came came through and right. I mean then, that's it. It keeps evolving, yeah. right? Because the hops are kind of coming through almost like a candied hop thing. You know, there's like, remember those um, when when that second flavor comes in, I was like, okay, okay, oh, never mind. Uh, <laughs> you know those? Remember those bee hoppy hop can hard candies? Mm-hmm. Yes. There's something that's coming through a little yeah. bit like that towards the end. Where there's it's like, almost a like a secondary, top. like the, the, a jump of the hops again, and and a little bit of the tartness. Mm-hmm. So it's like at first I was like, okay, there's definitely something here, but it's not super compelling. And then all of a sudden, oh. There's a there's an epilogue, <laughs> and and the epilogue makes me want to you know is is very very yeah, interesting. Wait for it, mm-hmm. <laughs> wait for it. Mm. Yeah, the lemony thing is kind of the main thing you get up front, right? Yes. So it, it's it's lemon lemon pith. It's uh, a little a bit little leathery, almost like a book. You know, like a, if you think of like a, a dusty den type mm-hmm. thing, right? You get that dustiness. You get a little bit of like a leather strap, and then yeah. and then that getting second... a little bit of a brassy, sort of a metallic. Interesting. Okay. Um, at the very end of it, on the sort of the sides of the mouth, as the as the acidity sort of dissipates. I'm not getting that so much. It's more of a, of a tart lemon. It's but, definitely a tart lemon. But um, I, I'm impressed by how it keeps going. How it, yeah, it, it's, yeah. And as it as it goes, for me, it gets a little bit more metallic at the end. Not in a bad way. It's actually okay. a, a nice a nice taste. But it's um, so would you say more minerally? I mean, metallic. Yeah, yeah I mean, I'm getting like, some things that are more more minerally, like yeah. a sto- like a granite or um, uh, yeah, I can see that gypsum or something like that. I'm not getting anything that's too metally. Uh, the you know the times that I've gotten things that were like tinny or metally was like when I was still developing my palate. And oh, is that right? This is complete conjecture right here, but like I wonder if like that kind of flavor kind of is what is recognized, you know, for someone Before, who's still expanding. Yeah, that that, that makes sense. That, that does I don't make normally sense. think about this stuff. That's for yeah. sure. So I definitely had the same experience with lagers that you did. That you know they were tinny mm-hmm. and metally, and then mm-hmm. as I started to really understand them. That went away, and I started to. to Tinny isn't the thing. Uh, I was thinking more along the lines of like a, br- a brass, 
It's a it's a deeper so sort of like a, I don't know. It's just the it's just the mental image licking of it. a trumpet. Yeah, licking a trumpet. Yeah, or a saxophone. But it's 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 still very much <laughs> lem- lemon and citrus based. <laughs> Cue up the Kenny G. Now you gotta pull up um, what's that uh, song? That song. That one. It's Kenny G, isn't it? No, that's not Kenny G. You don't know your. Well, neither do I, so it's not like <laughs> You haven't given us enough, to be honest. Careless Whisper, right? Yeah, who that's sings that song? Who oh, plays that? that is. That's Wham. That's Wham. So, Never gonna be again. No, Baker Street. Baker Street. Baker Street. That's so Glenn something. All right. So let's get back on topic. Let's rank some beers, eh? A. There's a. a clear first one. All right. So, I don't know. I mean, so we're drinking this rare barrel, that place in between. And uh, this music's wrong. This beer, it's nice. It's subtle. It, it's not... It has nuance, but it's kind of nuance you have to go look for. Show me which one we're talking about. Are we talking about the first one we drank? Oh, the, no, the one we're drinking one. right now. I'm just saying, you know, I'm just kind of wrapping up my, my opinion, my thoughts on this one. <laughs> Is that what you're tasting? Careless Whisper? Uh-huh. A little bit of it. Yep. This is Baker Street. Oh, is this Baker Street? Mm-hmm. I can see why you thought it was Careless Whisper. It's like yeah. the same song. Well, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's, it's right. an iconic so sax let's solo. Let's save this for the post show. Okay. Alright. Alright, All right. so let's see. From the bottom, I'm going to put the offshoot. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's clearly my number one, yeah. Uh, okay, so down at the bottom, I'm looking at the Anchorage and the. Aurochs. The Aurochs was the Millet and Quinoa yep. Session IPA, and the Anchorage was the white IPA with the kitchen sink thrown in. Um, I think I'm going to put the Anchorage in last place. It was just a little confused. It had um, yeah, I agree. too many things going on. Uh, it was over-peppered in the flavor. Yes, it was, that, for sure. That If it wasn't over-peppered, it probably would have come in uh, a little bit higher. I'm going to put the Aurochs in fifth place. This is their uh, Session IPA. First time I've had them. They've been making beer here in town for probably three years now. Um, if you're a celiac, I'm sure it's it's a great option. Uh, and I want to see what... I've, I've heard that they're making pretty good stuff with no barley. But uh, this one... I don't... So... Yeah, and that's where I'm going to put it. But I also think if you're just drinking this and not thinking about it, if you're watching the the football game or the hockey game or something like that and drinking this, I think it'll probably taste normal and oh, fine. Yeah, that's good. And then in fourth place, I like these top four beers quite These top four beers are awesome and very hard. I'm going to put the Parat in fourth place. Yeah, I think that Parat easily kind of falls in the fourth place just because of... The rest of the other one, but the, yeah. the top three especially. Yeah, I'm going to put the Prot in fourth place. I I would have loved to taste this thing when it was fresh in the triple hops with the 
you know, were actually apparent. But I mean, what it did was it, it aged into a very nice, strong, strong, dark, you know, type Belgian beer. Uh, apples, like Shane called it right on the get go apple butter. And I, yeah. and I got that through most of the flavor. There was, it was apple butter with dried apple rings and brown sugar and butter. And it was, it was pretty good. Third place. I'm going to put the rare barrel, that place in between. Uh, it's good. It is, like I said, there's nuance in this beer, but it's nuance you have to go looking for. And the top two beers delivered the nuance and the deliciousness mm. right to you. So, um, very good beer, but it'll land in third place. Second place. It's tough, but I made my decision. <laughs> so we got the um, we got America, and we got Friendsgiving. <sighs> Who am I fooling? I'm not going to put that IPA in second place. <laughs> so I'm going to put the America in second place. I thought this was a delicious breaded beer. I thought it brought... Um, all the standard farmhouse fare, very well. It didn't get too barnyard. It didn't get too minerally. But then it also had this really neat bright fruit cocktail thing. Mm-hmm. It had blueberries and cantaloupe and uh, was there grapes in there too, right? I mean, I just thought it was really lively and good. And then the Friendsgiving, right? It's, it's offshoot brewing. It's... Northeast style IPA with that creamsicle mouthfeel, mm. that broth type mouth, broth slash gravy yeah. mouthfeel, and then the tropical flavors. Where you know, like a, in my experience, many of the any style IPAs that we've had, they don't quite go tropical, mm-hmm. and this one just going tropical just gave it a little bit more excitement. Similar to kind of Lou in a way, right? Where it goes and it goes mm-hmm. in that fruit juice thing. Yeah. Lou is a, it was a Lou Gehrig, um, or ALS beer made by a brew gentleman. Really? Fantastic. Really? There's a thing, ales for ALS, a lot of breweries will brew a, uh, beer where proceeds go to. Yeah, they're given like a a particular group of hops and then they can do whatever they want with those. And, and, um, brew gentleman made a Royce IPA. They've done it for two years now and it's so good. What's generally the most expensive ingredient to beer? Is it hops? No, not necessarily. I mean, it depends on what kind of malt you're using, right? If you're using like a Maris Otter or something. It depends if you're doing like in the batch or by weight because barley is the highest volume ingredient. I see. Um, Water can get expensive. By by weight, by weight, hops are more expensive than barley. Northeast APAs, they treat their water in a particular way to to get it. Oh, is that right? That. Yes. So, I mean, water is treated in, in, in various different ways to get different beers, but but water in Northeast IPAs, I think, are especially soft, I think. Especially water. Soft. Uh, so, you know, not oh, really. Uh, yeah. I think that's right. I'm not quite sure. So, it, but it is that makes treated. Sense. That makes sense. It has a softer feel yeah. to it. Yeah. It is treated differently, mm. and I think that there's stuff to do with the acidity. I mean, there's just lots of, of sure. chemical stuff going on to make those right. Uh, my uh, rank is a little bit different than yours, not too much. Um, in sixth place, I'm actually going to put the the orcs, uh, the the gluten free, just because. Well, well, I you know I got it, and and as I think it would be fine a drinker. There was that off thing that I just wasn't totally into that. The anchorage 
and it were kind of competing for different sort of off things, right? They were both good, uh, but they both had little things that were like mm-hmm. that, that were that were penalizing them. I, I think the 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 quinoa, 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 however you want to pronounce it, was just did not right, not quite right me in, in the right way. Uh, and I put the Anchorage in fifth place, and then the Pirat in fourth place, which I thought was really, really good. But the first, the, the, these top three are awesome, and just a slight difference in in, in how I'm going to rank them. I'm going to put the Rare Barrel in third place. But I'm gonna put the offshoot slash brewery in second because that Prairie Artisan America was, I mean, as she, you know, Shane was like, "Whoa!" And I think it was it was such a great farmhouse, such a something that is you see a lot of farmhouses and you don't see ones that are that well done with that kind of free concoction. Yeah, give give more to Shane. Hello. Uh, it's so, so well done. And, like, I've had a great Northeast IPAs before. I had a great one in the offshoot as well. But uh, this was very a, yeasty there. You're going to get lots of vitamin B12 in that sample. But this was I, I, just well, a, God beautiful, a beautiful little little saison or farmhouse that I enjoyed. Now, Shane, as a guest... Uh, you have a choice. You can either do a ranking if you would like, or you can simply talk about beers that you enjoy. Like if if you the, the thing is is that my my ranking is actually very similar to both of yours. The only thing I would change is that this uh, the, the gluten free one was that one called the rocks. I'd put that uh, actually in maybe even above the Belgian just because I really okay. liked it. The Belgian is just typically not something so, I go so for. Last but, place but, the thing is, but the thing is is that I have to admit that the Belgian is probably a better crafted beer. It's which just beer, not my cup of tea. Which that, beer was your favorite tonight? Yeah, that's that's and that's where we, we get back to it. Otherwise, my ranking's similar to yours, and then it's it comes down to whether I agree with Jeff or Greg on which one was better. <laughs> and I'm smarter? Still, and, and, and the thing is, is that I'm going back and forth on either one of them because they're, they're both such fantastic beers and mm-hmm. they're very different things. And generally speaking, my style that I drift towards when I'm going to go pick a beer for the kind of beer that I want to drink for the night, I'm going to go for the East Coast IPA. But that farmhouse sale, what's it called? America. The America. The, the America. America was mind-blowing. And I, I uh, tasting cool. it again here too. I, I, I don't know. I'd have a difficult time. So you, you mentioned earlier that you've tried some farmhouses, and you said you just don't like, didn't like them, right? I, I, I can't say that they were terrible, but it wasn't like, oh, I should try more of this style. Right. It made me feel like this is generally not a style for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this beer tonight, with with the um, the complexity of it, the just the, the, all mm-hmm. the different kinds of flavors that were going on there, was one of the most interesting beers I've had. Really, you, you'll probably out. find. That there are a good sampling of beers you will find engaging. Mm-hmm. You're not going to find very many like this one. Yeah, it, it, this was pretty it's, over. Just that that, off that, the that taste. Yeah, that was so good. That blueberry thing that you were talking about that comes through. Man. Yeah, when, when he said blueberry, I'm getting it. And now that I've got more of the yeast from the bottom of the bottle, now I'm getting like. Nothing but goodness. <laughs> Stole his words. 
That was the America from Prairie Arsenal. This is 444 by the Nighthawks. 444 and by the Nighthawks from their album 444. For our 444th show, I figured it's a good one for all you decimal heads up. <laughs> it's better than the other 444 song that we found mm-hmm. from Jay-Z. Didn't quite have a very good usable intro. Yeah. Uh, Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. You can visit craftbeerradio.com for more information. If you want to email us, you can email beer at craftbeerradio.com. If you want to hit us up on Twitter, I'm at Jeff Bear. At CBR Greg. And then we have at Craft Beer Radio. Shane, are you on Twitter? I'm not. What's that? What's Twitter? <laughs> what is, yeah, what is Twitter? <laughs> are you on MySpace? No. I have, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, Live Journal? My- my face and Facebook. I have both of those. Facebook? Okay. Facebook? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. I, just, I, I just have both to... of them. My face oh. and Facebook. I'm going to tell you guys this off my the space, air. My face and my Go on. What else we got? We got You got a, like a, a, a Vax TTY terminal or something? something I have Friendster you? somewhere Friendster? back there. Okay. Friendster? Yeah. All right. So hit Shane up on Friendster and um, in CompuServe, I think. And uh, and uh, we'll talk at you again next time. <laughs>